Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis here on WrestleMania weekend, ugh, doing the SmackDown review, <laughs> and I'm here joined by Luke Owen DAD. Hello, Swath Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? We haven't done a podcast together in what feels like a long old time. When actually it's just, I think, eight or nine days. It is, yeah. We did the AEW Dynamite review, I mm. believe. Uh, not uh, last week. Yeah. Yeah. But, 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 where Punk was... He, he did the motion. Ran, he did, yeah. Around his waist. And so Tony Schiavone had to ask him this week, what did you mean by that? I can't for the life of me figure it out. <laughs> for a whole week I've been trying to work that thing out. But you haven't been here all week because you've been a bit under the weather. How are you feeling now? Uh, yeah, well, it's all, you know, like you've got, I think there's being ill and then there's superficially ill. So now I'm superficially <laughs> ill, which means, <laughs> which means that was a shoot cough, but it worked perfectly. Um, I, I cough a lot and I, my nose is bunged up and occasionally I do that, but it doesn't actually affect me. Oh, You know, it's just all on the surface. Whereas... Uh, Monday through to Thursday, there were times when I was like, "Is this just me now? Mm. Do you get? Do, I, I get this more now that I'm older. If I get ill for longer than two days, I'm like, oh crap, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to feel this way forever.' Well, you know me, I don't get ill. Yes, so uh, I, don't, I don't really know. Uh, I've, I've had what I think one sick day mm. uh, in the entire time that I've worked here. Two, in fact, I think. I think my my whole my whole uh, wrestle talk career. So what's happened is I got COVID at the start of February, famously, <laughs> and in the two months since, I have fallen like to quite bad colds yeah. twice. So do you think your immune system <laughs> had been rocked by the Rona? Could have been. There's another thing that's also been happening, though. Those, me getting run down and ill, also lines up with like consecutive days of heavy drinking. Oh, so I'm like yeah, yeah. 
It's probably the coronavirus, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I did hear about your wild antics that you had on Saturday night. Pete, it was Friday. Is it Friday? Yeah. Night? Pete, what from Pete? From that he Pete, dubbed me yeah. in. Well, but we were talking about it on the Raw podcast because you messaged us <laughs> saying like, "I'm not going to do the Raw show tomorrow. Um, can we? Can Pete do it?" And I was like, "Yeah, okay, Grant." And then me and Pete theorized for the entire Raw podcast. And we were just. <laughs> You were just dealing with a, a four-day hangover, which is a usual fare for you yes. these days. Yeah, so that that Friday night, Rocky Horror Picture Show, sing along, did the classic uh, pint of wine each as you go in. That's two miniature bottles of wine, and you pour it's them into a pint glass. Much, mate. And then you have to refill. <laughs> it's too much wine. So I'd probably had a bottle of white wine in a 19-minute showing. There's a reason why <laughs> they don't serve pints of wine as a standard. They serve it in a nice glass for you. Yeah, to make more money. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with you. Big, big wine. <laughs> big wine. <laughs> Fooled you all. Uh, and then we went to um, karaoke. Uh, and I keep getting sent videos, which I have no recollection of. Yeah, this is the one that Pete was showing to me um, on Tuesday. We've got a mutual friend, apparently. One of my friend's girlfriend's friends is friends with Pete. Mm -hmm. So he saw the Instagram story that was me just going, I don't even know what song I was singing. <laughs> Probably Angels, again and again and again. I think there's videos of me being picked up and carried round. Well, you were high-waisted trousers. Ah, okay. Uh, you know Future Islands, the band? Uh, I believe so, yes. People change. Mm -hmm. But some people, they never do. He wears very high-waisted trousers. Mm -hmm. So whenever that song comes on, you pull your trousers I like up. to do that <laughs> and do a dance. Because <laughs> he's got a really funny way of dancing as well. Yeah. Anyway, let that all happened, and I yeah, I was very hungover on Saturday, fine on Sunday. Monday, my lady partner took me out for my proper birthday day, mm -hmm. surprised me with the aquarium. Oh, nice. And I love penguins, yeah. so I got to see all the penguins. Oh, that's so cute. Unfortunately, I was near collapse. <laughs> so if you see any photos of this day, it's literally... I'm going to take a photo of you now. I turn, smile, photo's taken, and I'm just like, oh, I'm shivering in the cold. I'm trying to make it okay because, you know, she put a lot of effort into it. Yeah. But oh, <coughs> I didn't even get to do my my DIY course. Oh, did you not go? I had to I, oh. I, I had to phone it in. I said, I can't do. So I started next Gargano week. and Champa would have been so upset. <laughs> They would have gone. They they wrestled through like broken necks twice, didn't they? I got the sniffles. I know, but yeah, like you messaged me being like, "I'm going on this DIY course thing," mm. and I build a ladder shelf. So next week when you go, you got basically got to be like a week behind. Yeah, but one other person got COVID, so I'm gonna be with them. Okay, and we can talk. I just pretend I got COVID too. <laughs> Again, okay, <laughs> in a row. All right, let's get into the main portion of this show because we've got a bunch to talk about. We're going to be starting with Supercard of Honor, mm. then we're going to do SmackDown, then we're going to do Rampage, all of your old chats, maybe a preview for WrestleMania weekend. Here is the show. Samoa Joe to AEW ROH confirmed. 
I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen, D-A-D. It is WrestleMania weekend, baby! So please subscribe. There's so much content coming your way. Some might say too much content. There is a lot of content coming. In just a few hours, we will be doing Night 1 reactions to WrestleMania, and then tomorrow we'll be doing a review of WrestleMania Night 1. Then a few hours after that, it'll be live reactions to WrestleMania Night 2. And then the day after that, a review of WrestleMania Night 2. And then a few hours after that, live reactions to WWE Raw After Mania. And then following that, a review of Raw After Mania. Too much content. Hit the subscribe button. Enable notifications to always on so you can enjoy the shows with us. Yes. Don't be lonely. No. We can all be friends together. And it's just like, it's such a fun WrestleMania weekend. We were just talking about this before we were, came in here to record that we haven't had a weekend like this since 2019, a proper mm. WrestleMania weekend where there's all of this stuff going on. There's GCW, there's Mission Pro, there's Big Gay Brunch, there's Bloodsport, the Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, which we're going to talk about in just a moment. And it feels so fun and so nice to be back again, particularly when I think the highlight of WrestleMania weekend has already happened. FTR versus the Briscoes? It's not that. And it ain't Samoa Joe. It ain't a Jay Lethal heel turn. It was at Joey Janela's spring break, where during the Cluster F Battle Royal, Sean Ross Sapp <laughs> was entered into the match, which was advertised ahead of time. Yes. However, I forgot it. Oh, wait, that's Hollywood Salcedo. Salcedo with a low blow on Sapp. Sapp helped put her on the map. Now she's ubiquitous. And now Denise Salcedo eliminates. What happened to Denise? So she wasn't an entrant. No, she just, she came just in. turned on Sean. Turned on Sean. <laughs> but muting her all those times. Does that mute us when you play it? No, I would. Can you play it back again? I can do. Yeah. Of, oh wait, that's Hollywood Salcedo. Salcedo with a low blow on Sapp. <laughs> Sean Ross Sapp helped put her on the map. Now she's ubiquitous. That's awesome. Very, very good. Proud of those two goofballs. Well, well, let's talk about probably the second best news then, which is Samoa Joe returning to Ring of Honor, signing with AEW. They are kind of the same thing now, which does beg the question, why? (laughs) But let's talk about the good stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, so we watched, you know, quite. I haven't watched the full show yet. Uh, I've watched bits and pieces of it. I saw Swerve versus Alex Zane, which was very, very good because Isaiah, sorry, Swerve Strickland. I'm still getting used to that. <laughs> Swerve Strickland is so gosh darn great. Mm-hmm. And Alex Zane, man, what an like, incredible talent he is as well. But we watched together FTR versus the Briscoes for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships, which was up there now for my potential match of the year candidates mm. it was so so great it's just it, it's that perfect alignment of it's a dream match that's been building for a while and properly building for five six months mm-hmm. so that gave the first third of the match was just people chanting tag team wrestling yeah ftr there was a boys there was a moment when like uh, Jay and uh, Dax tagged in and the place came unglued mm-hmm. because I was like, oh, these are the two we want to see. Like, yeah, sure. 
Mark and Cash. That's all grand and everything. I'm really into that. But then when Jay tags, you're like, uh oh, business about to pick yeah. up. And Dax tags in chewing his gum. And I was like, oh my, it's really going to pick up now. It's it's an extraordinary match. And it just, I, I can't think of how it could have gone better. <laughs> yeah. and, and just like a sick suplex to the outside. Yeah. Such yeah. a simple spot. You, it's always teased, but it very rarely happens, presumably because it sucks hard. And they, they just, yeah, what, what a brilliantly worked spot into the whole story. And Dax getting to kick out of Big Rig. Mm. Like it was just, there were so many awesome things now. Like this was, I felt like this was Dax's match. Like I felt like Dax got all of like the really cool like moments and spots in there. And he was like the real baby face in peril for a lot of the match. Dax maybe he's definitely sort of the one the eye is drawn to most but i feel like cash is because dax is so grumpy <laughs> he looks annoyed most of the time whereas cash is very i love you i love you brother i'm gonna do anything to help you i got i was i actually preferred cash in the match oh really just because <coughs> that that moment after the superplex to the outside it was him like checking on dax helping him back in the ring that really like hooked me in emotionally. Especially when like when they won, they hit the big rig, and then Dax was the one who got mm. the pin. Cash did this dive to the outside to stop uh, Mark getting back in, and then he just jumps. And he like Cash does this huge dive on top of Dax to be like, "We did yeah. it!" And it was so so awesome. And then they had this wonderful post match angle where they uh, the FTR did the little Wayne's World bow down to the Briscoes, and they shook hands and they all hugged in the ring, and it was very lovely. And then those dickhead young bucks came in and ruined it all for everyone. I mean, to me, that says the Briscoes are going to somehow be involved in the Bucks versus <coughs> FTR and Dynamite on Wednesday. Well, saying, I know they're controversial. Yeah. The idea is that TBS or Warner Media does not want them on their programming. And I understand why. Like, why would you bring that cancel culture thing towards you? Um, but goddamn, as a re just a just as an isolated wrestling fan, I, I want this to be a three-way feud. But does it just become a three-way feud in Ring of Honor? So it's not a dynamite feud, then it becomes a Ring of Honor feud. Potentially, yeah. Uh, Tony Khan said afterwards they only had sold two hundred and fifty tickets before that tag match was announced. Wow! And uh, like that was the one that really drove everything up and. I think it was like two and a half thousand. I was going to say, I think it was uh, nearing towards 3,000. It was a good time. crowd. It was a really good crowd. And I think that is the strength of stars and you know, mm. star power mm. and things like that selling tickets. That's really impressive. And we kind of did discuss, you know, the scuttlebutt is that Warner Media were the ones who don't <coughs> want the Briscoes. And that's why they haven't been on Dynamite or Rampage done anything with AEW after they set up something at uh, Final Battle mm. in December. But. If Ring of Honor is not going to be a Warner Media product, then does that mean that the Briscoes can hang around and still do stuff with Ring of Honor and they just stay a Ring of Honor act? We'll have to find out. But someone who will be on Dynamite is the subject of this video. Oh, yeah. After the main event, Gresham and Bandido, who well, I haven't seen the match. Apparently it was very good, but not like the best thing on the card. Uh, Gresham retain, well, retains and wins. Yeah, he becomes, he for the becomes undisputed, the undisputed uh, ROH champion. And Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt, Jay Lethal had turned heel earlier in the night. They come down. They beat up Gresham. All that 
uh, history with them as a faction. I can't remember the name of their faction. But it's because um, like Jay Lethal was a mentor to Gresham. Mm. But still, they were like a couple of years ago. They were the tag champs and the foundation. The foundation. That's what they were called. Yeah. And that's going on. And who should come out for the save? But Samoa Joe, the place became unglued. No one saw it coming. No. I didn't either. Like, I woke up this morning and I went on Twitter and I was like, oh my God, Joe's, Joe was there. It makes so much sense. Yeah. But, like, so many returns and things like that are kind of spoiled, or not even report spoiled, but you can just figure it out, can't you? All the, the sort of non-compete clause has expired. Who is a free agent? This is where they slot in. I think even that we, we, uh, me and Pete were talking about this with Tony Storm. It's that I think that when they announce it's going to be a mystery opponent, you're like, well, okay, well, it's a new signing and it's likely going to be Tony Storm. And if it's not her, then it'll be Athena. Hmm. Well, Samoa Joe didn't have any of that sort of clues in advance. So it was a real great surprise. What a fit. He comes down, stares down Lethal. And, you know, there's history there as well. Because Joe was a mentor to Lethal. Like what, like, you know, lovely sort of, uh, you know, yeah. Joe was a mentor to Lethal. He was a mentor to Gresham. The three of them sort of involved in a storyline now. Yeah, the generation of the sort of original past and the present of Ring of Honor yeah. world titles. Absolutely, yeah. Plus, you know, all those TNA connections with Sanjay Dutt there. Yes. But the, I, I mean, I what I got really enthused by, Samoa Joe, longest ever reigning ROH champion. By like I think it's five seven five days because I looked at the numbers this morning. Lethal is the next longest reigning one. Yeah, but like four fifty or something. He's got a combined of like seven hundred or a so. Combined, he's more. Yeah. So it's like, oh damn, who is better, the guy who held it longer in two goes, or the guy who held it only once but for a very long time? Yeah. So that's like with with that and the the sort of mentor history between them. Gresham's involvement as well. I don't know how he doesn't really fit in as well, but there is that through line of training. Just there's so much potential here. And that's just from a Ring of Honor perspective. Joe in AEW, because that has been confirmed and announced for Wednesday. Yep. <coughs> Joe Danielson. Yeah, Joe Punk. I know. Joe Keith Lee. They, re they released the graphic that said Samoa Joe is all elite. So the while... He does look like he's going to be doing a lot of stuff with Ring of Honor. He is also AEW bound. He did, like, in his press conference he was talking about, he was like, I want to win the Ring of Honor title. I want to win the AEW title. I want a TNT title. I want to win the Owen Cup tournament. Like, he is all, uh, pardon the pun, all in on this AEW thing. And if they're watching the rundown that he did for the save, you know, and attacking Jay Lee, uh, you know, putting Sanjay down in the Kikina clutch. And it was so cool. And it really was like, Oh man, it's 2005 Samoa Joe and he's back again. Mm. I don't know if I got 2005 Samoa Joe vibes. I got more like NXT champion I, Samoa well, Joe. Well, when he then did that press conference where he's like, oh yeah, I'm just going to win all, like, all the belts. I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, please. <laughs> um, so yeah, hugely exciting. Just as other stuff that happened on the pay-per-view, super, the Supercard pay-per-view, because it is a definite changing of the guard oh, yeah. in terms of, oh, there were, there's these ROH guys who have the titles. Rhett Titus, Josh Woods. We're going to transition those belts onto AEW talent. So Wheeler Utah is the pure wrestling champion. That fits in perfectly with the Blackpool Combat Club. And Regal was watching the match as well. I was 
half surprised by that as well because mm. Josh has been doing some stuff on with AEW. He's been doing some dark and dark elevation matches, and I was like, oh, maybe they're just going to keep the belt on him. But no, Willie Utah picked up the win. Uh, we've got Mercedes Martinez picking up the interim, interim. because. Well, Deanna Prazo. Well, Deanna Prazo was already booked for Impact, mm. so she was doing the Impact show like almost directly afterwards. Having said that, so were the Briscoes. So, like, but yeah, they. So Deanna Brazo wasn't available to do the Ring of Honor show, so they crowned Mercedes Martinez as the interim champion, presumably then to do a title unification match. Yeah, that number one contenders. Why can't you just do a number one contender match? Well, you know, it's, it's nice to crown champions, isn't it? <sighs> it's a, it's a, it's a starting point show. Yeah. Um, and who was the other one? Oh, Minoru Suzuki is the freaking TV champion. Did not see that coming <laughs> in the least on your bingo card for 2022. You talk about the Briscoes wrestling twice. I didn't know that. You know, Suzuki wrestled three matches on three different shows last night. Oh, he's great, isn't he? <laughs> so, yeah, he's not calming down anytime soon. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
Let's see what you guys think of the Ring of Honor news. Uh, let me see if this... Oh my god. What has happened to my document? Uh, well, I'll kick things off then. Charles Berg says, Tony Khan better dish out the money for Simon Says, the song that inspired his WWE theme. I really enjoyed the Undertaker TED Talk. In all seriousness, <laughs> it was very nice, a lovely speech, and I love seeing big, tough guys get emotional about their family. Yeah, we were talking about this on the podcast intro and outro because it wasn't a traditional Hall of Fame setup with like, the microphone there. He had like one of those Britney Spears style microphones, yeah. and it just looked like he was giving an inspirational talk as opposed to a Hall of Fame speech. I, I'm a traditionalist. I want it on a stage in front of everybody. Everybody looks at it, not in the round. And yeah, podium and a microphone. Yeah. For me, though, with the Hall of Fame, I haven't watched it and I haven't seen Undertaker's speech. I have heard that in order, he thanks like his co-workers, his children, his wife, God, and then Vince. And it's just like, oh, that shows you the order of importance <laughs> in Undertaker's mind. Uh, but apparently Scott Steiner was really disappointing. Scott Steiner with a live microphone just told a fun road story. Badasses. Yeah, that's what I wanted. Scott Steiner, who's been so vocally against the Hall of Fame for so long. And I was like, oh man, he's got a whole, he's got a live microphone. He is a live wire. He's got nope, he's just out there. Thank you very much. Uh, here's a fun road story for you. Thanks. See you later. His nephew's probably winning the title back. You don't wanna you don't wanna screw over your nephew. He's Maybe. probably thinking about that. Maybe. Uh is that is that is that now? Is NXT now? No, it's one o'clock in America time. <laughs> okay, so that's so a few hours off. Uh, Zachary Jenkins says, guys, here's the list. I don't know if it's an order. <laughs> Joe versus Keith Lee. Joe versus Punk. Joe versus Hangman. Joe versus Moxley. Joe versus Kenny. Joe versus Eddie in a promo battle. Joe's a good promo, but... I want to see Joe versus Eddie. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm more into the match there. That sort of... Uh, all Japan style. I'm going to drop you on your head. They're both such fat, you know, the the Kenta, the Kenta Kabashi chops and stuff. Uh, Joe versus MJF. Well, that has all the context of MJF being in that entrance for oh, Samoa Joe. Oh, absolutely. Uh, apparently NXT starts at 6pm in the UK, so it's <laughs> three hours from there. Okay. Uh, Joe versus Jay Lethal. I think that's clearly going to be his first feud. I love that Jay Lethal is probably getting more of a focus on AEW after this. He's turned heel. He's had the two matches in previous weeks. I think those were just to set up the Ring of Honor thing, though. Like, I think I think he's going to be more Ring of Honor focused. Kind of like how Brian Cage it looks to be more of a Ring of Honor guy now than he is an AEW mm. guy. God, I don't know what they're... I do not know what they're doing. And <laughs> I've got to be honest, I think it's a mistake. You're, from, still, you're, from, still, you're still on the idea that this was a, a silly thing to do. I just not. It's not silly to to buy Ring of Honor, but then to try running it at the same time as Rampage and Dynamite. I have my doubts on how. I just cannot see how it works. I'm more than willing to be proved wrong. I want to be proved wrong, mm -hmm. but just historically, this does not turn out well for people who attempt such there's burnout thin spreading yeah yeah the burnout is real and i'm worried I, I don't want anything bad to happen to AEW. yeah we don't want dynamite and rampage to suffer because mm. time is also being spent on ring of honor like you do need to have someone to essentially like you own it but someone else does the day-to-day -day running of it the booking of it you know like keep delirious on Bring Delirious back in, have him run the shows and run the creative. <laughs> he can be like the Vince McMahon of will run creative pasture. Mm. 
but having someone there to do that as opposed to you sitting there with your notebook being like well i'll book the shows as well maybe that is what's going on behind the scenes but yeah i don't know uh, shall we talk about Zachary Jenkins? Sorry, also oh. had Anjo versus oh, Danielson, yes. aka two dudes just beating the crap out of each other. Yes, please. But unfortunately, <laughs> we do have to remove SmackDown. Well, it's not going to take as long, is it? Because having okay, so I uh, I watch Pete and Tempo review this show every single week. Um, not not often live, but I do get to listen to the podcast version of it. And I hear them sit there and they whinge and they moan about how it's not a very good show, about how it's often pointless and this that, and the other. I watched it this morning and got it done in forty five minutes. Breeze. Once you skip through the video packages and recaps <laughs> and ad breaks, 45 minutes it took me to finish this show. It legit took me longer to watch Rampage, which yeah. is an hour shorter. Why? Well, I don't skip bits of Rampage. I, I watch the commercial breaks in Rampage. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen in that restaurant quality picture in picture. But yeah, legit, 45 minutes it took me to watch this show. Mm. And when you kind of look back at what happened on the show, I learned a lot. It was probably Pat McAfee. It was probably the, the lone highlight of the thing. Well, actually, and r- the finish to the Ricochet yeah, match. very good. So uh, this was a standard subpar episode, right? I would say. But because it's the WrestleMania go-home show, my expectations are so much higher. I'd actually say it's below substandards mm. in terms of how SmackDown has been for the last few months really like certainly in 2022 because it didn't have roman or brock on it and it didn't no have your flair didn't have well i have flair doing that promo yeah. but like that is it but like yeah i mean and I've, i feel like i am a broken record at this point and people will be sick of me bringing this up <coughs> the wwe have spent the all of this year telling us that the four most important people in this company <laughs> are brock lesnar ronda rousey roman reigns and charlotte flair those two matches those are the big matches going into wrestlemania they are the most important matches and when on Raw, they had Brock Lesnar do a promo and then they had Roman Reigns do a promo and they didn't interact. I said to Peter, like, it's because they're saving something big for SmackDown because SmackDown's the A show. They're going to say that's going to be the really big go home angle for it. And they weren't on the show at all. They had a video package that I'm pretty sure I've seen already. And we're going to see again at WrestleMania. Like, it was shocking how they weren't on this show and there was nothing for Rousey either. And Rousey wasn't on Raw. This is one of your biggest matches. And you didn't fly in Ronda Rousey to do the go-home shows for them. That is maddening. Yeah, very baffling decision. But let's talk about what did happen on the show. It opened up with the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Um, Everybody was already in the ring, apart from Finn Balor and the Dirty Dogs. Because they are champions. They got entrances. One of them's a champion. Dolph. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Roode isn't a champion. Yeah, but he's a, he's a champion. He comes out alongside. I meant Finn Balor and Dolph. Oh right, sorry. <laughs> you meant the Teddy Dogs because they're champions. They're not both the cha- They're not both well, NXT that, champions. Well, that's what I thought you had misconstrued. I thought, do you think they're both the champion? I, that's a better storyline. So loads of small name eliminations early. Like this match went ten minutes, so everyone was being chucked out. I think at one point. The entire 24-7 title division 
was eliminated in one go. Yeah, Tazawa mm. and Reggie and our truth all got taken out. But you know, we're all sat here being like, well, they didn't book Finn Balor versus Damien Priest on WrestleMania. They must have something really big for them planned in this battle royal. Nope, Damien Priest just got eliminated with zero fanfare. Yeah. And then Finn lost. Well, Finn threw Priest out. So there's a little, well, little bit of plate spinning. But I've got a theory on that. Theory being the key word there. Mm -hmm. I think Theory is winning the US title on the Raw after Mania. <sighs> wow. Well, I think, I think he gets beaten by Pat McAfee at Mania, and then he wins the US title on the Raw after Mania. Two reported things about all these men involved. Apparently, Vince McMahon sees Austin Theory as a John Cena level future star really now you know take that with a pinch of salt i can't remember who reported He's it high on a raw star He's high on a raw star essentially but it's a new way of saying it <laughs> the john cena potential they've rebadged it you fool <laughs> the other one is edge will apparently be getting a heel faction Ooh, and the only name mentioned is damien priest huh he has brought up Priest, I suppose, in interviews and stuff. So, yeah. They've even interacted backstage. Oh, yeah, when they were both baby faces. Yeah. Uh, so, the only other storyline thing Aziz and Shanky had, like, a 10-second stare down. Champa was in there. Already. Like, he tomorrow, or sorry, I say tonight, in three hours' time, it's reported to be his final NXT match. Already, he's a geek on the main roster. Yeah. He, just, he did eliminate a few people, but it was... Yeah, it, did, it was not the sort of booking that inspired confidence for his future run. Uh, Happy Corbin came out to help Mad Cat Moss, nearly screwed it up, nearly eliminated Moss, so Happy Corbin went to the back. He so did that, save him. He did save him, but there was like a... Yes. Uh-oh, I nearly screwed up. So I, they're definitely building a kind of... A split there. A split. Happy Corbin has not been finding his <laughs> jokes funny as of late. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this all built to Moss and Bala as the final two. Madcap Moss throws out Bala. Moss gets to stand next to the trophy with his arms crossed. He sure did. And he told a joke about Dallas. Uh, I did laugh when he said, I did it all by myself. Because yeah, he would have been line. eliminated had Cor uh, Corbin not saved him. I thought it was also really funny as well when they were shown the video package for the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal and how important it is to a career. They can only show two winners of it now because every other winner <laughs> no longer is with the company. Can you Quizzlemania round? Can you name them? Yeah, I, not in order. I was going to ask you this question because I can name... I don't know if I can name all of them, but I can name some of them. Okay, intense. Cesaro. Yeah, he was the first. I think Big Show won it the following year. Baron Corbin. Um... Mojo Joe? Yeah, I think Mojo Joe. Oh, it's like, why is it the more recent ones I can't remember? Well, I know who won last year's. Oh, Jey Uso. Yeah, Jey Uso won it last year. Are we missing one? I think we've got two. I think we're <laughs> missing two of these. I think there's been seven or eight. Well, they're not with the company anymore. So that that well, I was about to say that won't narrow it down. Actually, <laughs> will it? If anything, that makes it harder. Um. So, oh, Matt Hardy won? Yes. Oh, with Bray Wyatt. Yes. Yeah. Maybe he was. Maybe that was the only other one. <laughs> uh, but yes. Oh no, Braun apparently has also won it. A Did big it? predictor of future success. So, <laughs> big things in store for Madcap Moss. Ricochet took on Angel Garza and Umberto Carrillo next for the Intercontinental Title. 
Um, this was every two heels versus one babyface three-way you've ever seen. They worked together at the start, and then they sort of self-combust when they both try and make the pin. However, I really enjoyed this. Mm, good match. <laughs> really, really good match. Because Ricochet's real good, and mm. Umberto's really good, and Angel Garza's real good. Garza's my favorite. Yeah. His facial expressions are perfect. Yeah. It reminded me of, and this might just be recency bias because we just reviewed it. But you know when um, uh, Generation Me in that Ultimate X match, where mm -hmm. they had made the decision that uh, there wasn't Matt Jackson, Max Buck was going to win. And Jeremy And Buck. Jeremy Buck was sort of like, when he tried to stop him, Max Buck was like, hey, we didn't. We had a plan here. Mm -hmm. That's what got a lot of uh, vibes of that in this. So I think Los Lotharius are fine. I don't think this means they're going to break up. But uh, Ricochet... Hit for the finish, 6.30 cent on, on Gaza, rolled through and hit the recoil on Carrillo. Fantastic, like, finish. Insane. So, so good. Poor old Ricochet, though. Like, the booking to get here was he got pinned twice on SmackDown last week mm -hmm. and then got pinned in 90 seconds on Raw. And it was like, well, cool. What a, what a great champion he is looking to be. I think it also makes Los Lotharius look a bit wank as well. Yeah. After that, we got Naomi and Sasha taking on Queen Zelina and Carmella ahead of the four-way women's tag match tomorrow? Uh, Tonight? No, I think that's tomorrow. Okay. Um, this went zero seconds. <laughs> Banks and Naomi won yep. very easily, and all the other women were around the ring going, ha, ha, ha. we could win now. I'm just going to check because I think Queen Zelina. I cannot remember the last time Zelina and Carmella won a match as a tag team. I feel mm. like all they've done is just get pinned a lot recently. Wasn't it? Didn't they win one recently? So Naomi and Banks beat Carmella. Liv Morgan and Naomi, they won there. Uh, Sasha Banks defeated Queen Zelina. Uh, Liv Morgan defeats Queen Zelina. Um, Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley defeat Queen Zelina and Carmella. Well, Bianca because... Belair defeats Queen Zelina. Carmella keeps giving Corey hand jobs so, <laughs> on commentary. So by looking at this, they haven't won a tag team match since they won the tag team titles <laughs> off of Rhea Ripley and Nikki A.S.H. It's the great booking of the weak champions. You want to see them lose it. They are so going to retain. That, I just, that's what I was about to say to you. It's making me think now they're going to retain. Mm. I had Banks and Belair, to, sorry, Banks and Naomi, and I don't think they're winning now because they pinned them so easily here. Ronda Rousey isn't here. She is training and she looks bored. <laughs> and Kayla Braxton interviews her. She's in like a gym and Rousey's like, actually, I'm pretty cool. I'm fine. Um, I'm channeling my anger. I'm keeping it down. Um, but I'm going to beat you, Charlotte Flair. And that was it. And I thought, God damn, that was your go home promo. Yep. I didn't mind the direction, but maybe do that second week or like three weeks out. This should have been straight down the lens, shouting, breaking while you're breaking someone's leg. Maybe not as a baby face, but, you know, this did not make me excited one iota. We got that one week where Vince McMahon <laughs> told her to cheer up. Yeah. And, and it's like, you've got, you've got to let it go that fans don't like you. Why and... wasn't the brawl this week? The big backstage brawl? Well, because she wasn't booked for these shows. So... I, I guess like the, the, I thought this was very, very dull. And then Charlotte Flair cut this promo. That was every Charlotte Flair <laughs> promo you've ever seen. And maybe, have you seen Becky's interview she did with Ariel Hawani? And it's, it's not an in-character interview. 
where Ariel asks her, it, does it bother you that you're not the main event of WrestleMania this year? And she was like, I think it's really stupid that we're not because what's a better storyline? The only two women who've ever main evented in one WrestleMania being the main event of WrestleMania mm. or two losers of WrestleMania main event <laughs> being the main event. And then you're like, okay, so some of this feels like a scene character. But then you start talking about like, I think our characters are better. I think our story has been so much better. I think our in-ring work has been so much better. I think our action has been so much better. Their storyline's really boring. And their dialogue is really boring. And their characters are really boring. And it was like, yeah, Becky's right. Why aren't they the main event? <laughs> Becky sounds like she should be on this show. <laughs> Becky's like, they're only main events because Ronda Rousey's her name. Becky should be on the podcast with us. She knows. Uh, yeah, I... Nothing else to add. <laughs> oh, uh, only that um, I think Charlotte is a good talker. And I never realized, realized it until I was watching her here. She's Stephanie McMahon. Mm. Like she is the authority Stephanie McMahon where she is very competent at saying words. And you're like, yeah, but I believe that you are very powerful. Does not make me want to see you. Yeah. I think they're going to have a good match at Mania. I really yeah, yeah. do. I think there, it will be a very good match, but it has got not a lot going for it going in. I will add that, actually, after saying I've got nothing to add, they played an excellent video package, which was new, and it kind of had clips of Dana White talking about Rousey, clips of Triple H talking about Charlotte, the idea of these two things in parallel sports about to collide. That was really good. It's the it's the WrestleMania 35 main event they always wanted, <laughs> but Becky Lynch had the temerity to get over. Brock and Roman, this is where we got their video package, and then nothing. <laughs> that was it. A video package. Yeah. Unreal. I have no <laughs> idea. Um, Rick Boogs, this was the best thing on the show after this. Rick Boogs comes out, he's doing the guitar for Shinsuke, Pat McAfee, Try and stop him. He's like my mum after a couple of glasses of Bacardi and Coke. That's what she has. And you leave, you, you give me the can of Coke next to the Bacardi so she can see how much Bacardi's in there. Mm -hmm. that's, how, that's how she does it. A couple of those. She's on the table air guitar in as well. Yeah. And Austin Theory ran out and tripped him. Took a hell of a bump, did Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee, like, yeah, bumps and then is like has the perfect, just like there, pissed off face, and then slowly turns around to looks at Austin, and Theory runs away, chases after him. Pat McAfee is excellent. Yeah, no, he's gay, he's good. <laughs> I really like And him. then so they run backstage and Pat uh, Pat's chasing after Austin, and Austin runs into Vince McMahon's office. Mm. Pat thinks about it and he's like, Maybe I'm not gonna do anything. And he turns around and he boots down Vince McMahon's office door. Vince McMahon comes out like what are you gonna do? I don't want to try. I don't want to get involved with Austin territory. I'll cancel your match. He's gonna cancel this match. So he then has to go back to the commentary desk, regain his composure, and then commentate on the next match. And during the match, Austin Theory comes back down again and throws some ice cubes onto him. And he starts to run away. Finn Balor gets involved in it. This singles match turns into a six man. Finn Balor, why? <laughs> so what happens then is Finn Balor takes the pin. In a match where Rick Boogs is there. Well, they're heavily protecting Rick Boogs because he's the, he is incredible. He's the star of the Nakamura Act. Mm. Like he's the guy that they really like in the Nakamura Act. So they're not gonna bury. They're not gonna get to have him take the pin. Nakamura was more likely to take the pin than Finn Balor was. Also, 
Balor and Nakamura were on the same team oh together God. and no one is making didn't any... even think of that. <laughs> two New Japan legends, two former IWGP Heavyweight Champions. I was like, yeah, and then Rick Boogs did a cool suplex and Austin <laughs> Theory got involved. Boogs is amazing. He's great. He is down on one knee and he lifts Jimmy up over his head and then gets to standing while Jimmy is over his head. Insane. Very strong. And then after that, I can't remember who it was, but he is sort of flip, flipping him from side to side. Yeah. This guy's stronger than Cesaro. Well, that's it. That's why I think that Vince was quite happy to let Cesaro go. He's like, I don't need you anymore, pal. <laughs> I've got one I, I've got one of you <laughs> that I you. like. I've <laughs> got one that's American. I've got one of you that can cut a promo. You can't do that, can you, Tony? <laughs> you can't play guitar. You've just got a weird YouTube channel where you review coffee. <laughs> I don't understand you, Swiss. Uh, but my, I think my issue with this is why that, didn't Cesaro show up in Ring of Honor? Hey, well, you got to. That's, you can't, you that's do, an open goal. You can't do all of them on the one <laughs> night, can you? You've got to save them for the weekly TV show that apparently is coming. Um, but yeah, Theory pinned Balor in this. I, I think he's going to win the US title on the Raw after Mania. And mm. I think my my issue with this is the same issue I had when they did this on Raw, which is that. Austin Theory versus Pat McAfee in WWE's mind is just like one of the biggest matches, but it comes to the detriment of other people. So like he pinned Ricochet in 90 seconds, who's the IC champion. He pinned uh, Finn Balor here, who's the US champion. And actually it devalued the tag team title match between Nakamura mm -hmm. and Boogs and the Usos. Like no one's talking about that match. No. So you kind of, this is a cool feud, but it's making every other feud that they're involved with feel lesser. Yeah, and it's but and, Pat and, McAfee is really good, and it's a feud with a commentator. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. <laughs> I know what you're saying. But I love, I love the when when Jerry the King used to do this as I was when I was a kid, and like the whole feud with Taz, Taz yeah. and the sweet I'm jar blind, over there. Gior, I'm blind. <laughs> I just, it's not as good as that, but man, Pat McAfee He's is great. excelling in this role. I'm really into him, so I. I agree with everything you're saying, but there's that bit inside me that's just like, ah, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I think that is fair. Uh, the main event segment, <laughs> the go-home segment, the go-home angle to build WrestleMania. Yeah. The last main roster piece of programming before the biggest show of the year. When this started, and there was 15 minutes left of the show, my first thought was like, I don't know how they're going to squeeze in Brock and Roman before the yeah. show runs out. <laughs> it was happy talk. Uh, Moss talks about how he's happy winning the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal Trophy. Corbin kind of puts him down because he's like, oh, I did that years ago. And then they brought out Drew McIntyre's sword. He renamed it to Euphoria. I don't, I don't get the joke. Well, Euphoria it's a, show? It's a TV show. It's about sex, I think. Mm. Is he saying it's like a big dick? Like an erection? Yeah. Could be. Maybe. Um, and it, it was named after Drew's late mother, Angela. And then Corbin delivered his joke. What does Drew's sword and his mother have in common? He lost them both. This feud <coughs> has been jokey-jokey comedy feud with two goofballs and Drew McIntyre murderizing them week after yeah. week. And then all of a sudden, on the go-home episode, <laughs> Drew's like, Corbin's like, your mum's dead, <laughs> and I'm going to decapitate you. Like, bloody hell, mate. Like, what happened here? Yeah, it's, it's a tasteless joke. I don't mind 
tasteless jokes. I think, you know, bad guys should say bad things. That's what makes the good guys beating them work so well. It just it just came out of nowhere. It's bad writing. It's a oh crap. Uh we we don't have Brock or Roman on the show. <laughs> no, Drew's mum's dead. Uh, <laughs> make, make a joke about that. D- d- no, don't d- take the bitch out. Actually, <laughs> that's too far. I t- it, it was such a lazy way to get to get heat. I'm not against using that to get heat, but it was just a, it was just a line thrown out there. Yeah, it didn't work for what this feud has been, <laughs> and this feud has been that Drew wins all the time. Mm. And like he beat them in a two-on-one handicap match on Raw, to make us excited for that. But did you actually watch Raw this week? No. So, the story going into this match is that since Happy Corbin won in Vegas and became Happy Corbin, he has been unbeaten, and then he lost on Raw, mm. and he then stole Drew's sword and hit End of Days on him. And Jimmy Smith said, "That's how you stay undefeated." <laughs> <laughs> He's new here. But because he, Jimmy Smith doesn't know. No, no, he the, the story is that he's not been beaten because he pinned Madcap Moss. So in WWE's mind, okay. he is unbeaten, even you though can, he's got you can, losses. You can kind of spin that. This, this is, for me, this is like, because they did a video package for Austin and Kevin Owens, mm. and they really are running with it. This is the first time that Steve Austin's been on WrestleMania since his last match at WrestleMania 23 or whatever it was. It is North Korea. <laughs> I, they just rewrite history and expect us to believe it. We haven't seen Austin at WrestleMania in 19 years, <laughs> apart from all of those other times he's been at WrestleMania. Apart from his like every three-year <laughs> compulsory appearance to was, drive his little buggy down. There was a period of time when he was on every WrestleMania. <laughs> I'm, uh, I, <coughs> when I'm ill, I tend to just watch wrestling documentaries. It's like my easy watch. I started watching the Ruthless Aggression series. I'm like, this isn't how it happened. Oh my God, it's so good, right? It's, the series one of that is hilarious in its retelling just, of history. What's, what are they talking about? None of this is right. And Bruce Pritchard's there like, yeah, and it worked really well. Yeah, I know. Every decision we made worked out for the best. It's the Alan Partridge book of Needless to Say I Had the Last Laugh. But it's Bruce Pritchard saying, yeah, and it worked out really well for us. Uh, well, then why did you have to redo everything? <laughs> yeah. no, it worked out. So you a massive out. downturn in business. <laughs> it worked out for the best. <laughs> anyway, then <coughs> it cut. Drew ran down, chased them off with a steel chair, and then he got the sword. Corbin and Moss go up the ramp. Both sets of guys stay there. And then Michael Cole runs through three minutes of WrestleMania graphics. And I, I, was, I was like... Have I got the wrong... Has, has my video loaded wrong? And, and Lesnar and Reigns now going to come out? Yeah. And it then goes back to the ring. Drew's there. He puts the sword in the ground. Pyro, Moss, and Corbin are still on the ramp and they get scared. And it's like, so you were just standing there for three minutes? Just watching them. Just watching each other. Well, well, presumably they were watching the WrestleMania graphics. Yeah, can't wait for that match. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> what are your predictions for that? Um, Tempest <laughs> made this point uh, when we did the podcast yesterday as well, which I actually was not aware of. Um, this Happy Talk segment has already happened mm. in this feud back in December when they stole his sword and then did a Happy Talk segment where Angela was the special guest. 
And here we are. It's the go home angle for WrestleMania. But this time, <laughs> your mum's dead. Escalation. Low. A far, far. But I, I gave it the lowest score. I saw twenty-five percent. Yeah, Bad the lowest joke. score I've given anything this year. That was a rubbish show. Yeah, and the, and it was the go home show. Ultra insulting. Uh, Rampage was brilliant. Yeah, real good. Um, Top Flight versus Young Bucks kick things off with just God Dante Martin and Nick Jackson. Just insane stuff that I've never seen anybody do before. Yeah, they're just so, so great. Like, that's the perfect people to start this off with. It's kind of like, you know, they always do it with Nick and Ray Phoenix. Mm. It's like, yeah, we'll do you two to start with because you can go do your little flippy dude nonsense and everyone goes crazy for it. Dante did a standing jump backwards over two guys' heads and they were still standing upright. He's impressive. That's so high <laughs> and far and backwards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're super duper impressive. Oh, I'm just in your note here. I don't think Jericho should be on commentary while in this gimmick. Mm. So I have, you know, I'm a Jericho apologist. I always defend him. And I'm one of the few people who say he's great on commentary. I really enjoy his commentary. I think he's got a good color commentator mind and voice and he's very quick witted. But that was for sort of babyface Jericho. You know, ever since Rampage started, he has been babyface. Now he's turned heel. I don't, it doesn't work in this role for me. It's not working for me either. Mm. Like, I mean, I don't like as a four-man commentary booth anyway. I actually much preferred Rampage when he wasn't on the show and it was just Taz, Excalibur and Ricky Starks. Mm. Perfectly fine. With four men on there, they're all talking over each other. And because Jericho's commentary is shouting, it feels like everyone else then has to shout as well, otherwise they're not going to get yeah. heard. Uh, and I think it becomes quite muddled. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, great match. A very impressive match. And the Young Bucks won in just under 10 minutes. Very good opener. Good win for them, because it sets them up versus <sighs> FTR on next week's Dynamite. Oh my god. So we've got the Bucks versus FTR 2 happening on Dynamite next week. Uh, American top team are in the ring. Dan Lambert cuts a promo um page van zandt mentioned orange cassidy again so cassidy potentially is going to get incorporated into this feud i think legit orange cassidy is signed up for our only fans and, <laughs> and they have found out and they're just going to keep mentioning it uh and then sammy guevara and tay conti appear on the screen big baby faces <laughs> because because lambert's like you're not going to get the match and they trash Dan Lambert's car with sledgehammers in like admittedly a very satisfying way mm. some of those sledgehammer shots properly went through the glass well particularly with Ty Conti because she's not the biggest person in the world that hammer's probably heavier than her yeah. like, I thought she's gonna go with the hammer when she's uh, when she's swinging <laughs> it um but yeah I just by, by the end of this I Sammy and Tay are not likable <laughs> it's weird isn't it because I when they did the segment on dynamite a few weeks back and you mentioned this i wasn't I, I didn't really agree with you i was like oh no i still buy sammy and tay as like the cool badass particularly because they did the sex on the title and then dan lambert was like oh no i put that on my mouth and now i've got your sex in my lips and i was like oh no that's, this this is really funny here though i was like i don't like you guys at all you just ruined that man's car they're okay apart. They're very likable apart, but together they're too attractive. This <laughs> you, is what I you keep still thinking. think that's the problem. I keep thinking they're too attractive, and I don't want to cheer them. Yeah, yeah. 
well, we are the only podcast in the world that likes Dan Lambert, so maybe that's why we're <laughs> siding with Lambert on a lot of this. Uh, Hook was going to get interviewed, but yes. Dan Housen interrupted. He tried to curse him. It didn't work. It didn't Hook work last off. week either. Mm. I I popped so huge for this last week <laughs> when Hook, he like you know destroyed QT Marshall and Aaron Solo, and then Dan Housen comes out. Craig goes nuts because Dan Housen. He tries to curse him. Hook just walks past. I was like, well, that's a fun spot. And now they're doing it as a storyline. Danhausen cannot curse Hook. Who like when Danhausen signed with AEW? If you'd have said what's his first uh, feud going to be, I wouldn't have got to Hook in my first seventy-five guesses. Mm. And I think there's only seventy-five people on the AEW <laughs> roster. Uh, there's more than that. There's but, more than that in the Nightmare Family. <laughs> so I am I'm real thrilled that Danhausen's first in-ring match for AEW might be against Hook. I think that's really really cool, and I love Danhausen. House of Black then took on Fuego del Sol, Stu Grayson, and Evil Uno. Why? I don't know. Well, Dark Order helping out babyface. They set it up last week. Yeah. They, you know, they're they're not like in the House of Black because they bullied Fuego del Sol three on ones. They came to back him up. Sure. And now they're gonna have a little six man tag here. Yeah, but I feel sorry for Dark Order. They just feel like Hangman's castoffs now. Yeah. They've traded in. They've got dumped by Hangman, and now they're trying to get Fuego. I don't know if they're trying to get Fuego. Well, that, but that, that, they yeah, should yeah, yeah, yeah. be. They should be. Try- that's their whole gimmick. Is that they're trying? You're right. Their gimmick is they're trying to recruit people. <laughs> I, I know, I know the story. I don't think it works. Yeah, it's quite. It's just a way to give House of Black some people to feud with. I thought this feud, this match was much more fun <laughs> when it was Bear Country. Yes, a couple of weeks ago, I loved that six man tag, and this six man was good, but I don't think it was as good as that one. I. It, I really enjoyed the match. Really good match. Um, the story was Dark Order, very good at working together. Fuego del Sol, he's a freaking idiot. And he kept on trying to take on Malachi Black and Black would destroy him. Tempest had this, described House of Black as early shield in that they all wrestle very distinctive styles. Mm. I was like, hot damn, that's a good comparison. It is actually, yeah. Uh, I, I just love them as an act. I think they look cool. Their entrance is rad. Like it's so much fun watching them wrestle. Mm. Even you know, I thought the match two weeks ago was better, but this match was still really good. And like this crowd were really into Fuego. And like when Fuego was in the ring on his own, and he was going to fight yeah. them like three on one, the crowd got really into it. And he Star Order sort of helped him out a little bit. He got to got a near fall on Malachi Black. Then went to go do a springboard, and Malachi kicked him out of the air with a black mask, and it was beautiful. Yeah. He is... I'm, I'm going to use this comparison lightly. He's got Mikey Whipwreck qualities. Oh, Fuego. I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. I could buy that. Um, but what I can't buy is... <laughs> the House of Black being Jericho's Sports Entertainers of the Week. Yeah. So at the end of the match, after House of Black won, of course... Jericho said, and that's why they're my sports entertainers of the week. And a little graphic popped up that said, sports entertainers of the week, House of Black, picture of House of Black. And yeah, I, I did not like that. I thought you were going to talk about Penta's uh, promo. That as well. <laughs> Later on, there was Penta and the Sith Lord, the Sith Lord doing a promo. And it just like, it was like, don't forget about Death Triangle. Too late. I was like, yeah, <laughs> but we've done that, haven't we? <laughs> can, can the House of Black can do something else now. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Bucks had an interview on FTR. 
which was very funny. Brandon is off camera and he keeps on adding titles that the Bucks forgot to mention that they had won. Jamie Hayter took on Sky Blue for an Owen Hart <coughs> tournament qualifier. This was... I want. I think this should have been Hater squashing Sky Blue. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I actually said this on yesterday's show that I'd expect this to be a squash match. And it was still, like, Hater never looked like she was in trouble. Like, she was always quite in control of the match. Um, she just sort of, like, let Sky Blue's got to get the better of her every now and again. And it goes back to the Kenny Omega Alan Angels match, which, you know, people got really mad about because it was like, why is hmm. Alan Angels getting so much in on Kenny Omega? And apparently it's like, I, I think it's a Ric Flair philosophy, which is what Kenny Omega's gone with. Well, went with for that match, which is that, well, if I beat you in 30 seconds, then I beat nobody. But if I beat someone who actually was like 50 50 with me, then I beat somebody. And that makes me then look better. So I, I do get, I get why they did it this way. But at the same time, I think it probably could have been shorter. And I think Jamie had probably should have just won quicker. Yeah. I, I totally accept that philosophy. Um, but that's Kenny Omega. He's got a decade of reputation and being built up on the mainstream products. Jamie Hayter, for me, has never proven in AEW. I'm not saying like her as a performer. I'm saying her as a character. She's all She's never done anything. She she's often getting a full made out of her. She's unbeaten in 2022. Yeah. <laughs> so show me that. I think this is and Sky Blue is very promising, but this is the time for Hater to just destroy her, really, because Hater is great. Those brain busters, the ripcord lariat, um, the way she just poses. You know, mm. like she'll she'll knock him out and then she'll just look over her shoulder, copy pins and yeah, stuff. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, she's she's really really great. There was a moment during this match as well when. I think it was Taz or someone was like, she grew up on the uh, the mean streets of Southampton. <laughs> and then said to Rick Stikes, have you ever been to Southampton? And he was like, oh, I know it very well. I spent three weeks in Wolverhampton. I was like, they're nowhere near each other. Come on, guys. <laughs> but the, <coughs> the main event was extraordinary. Wasn't it just? Powerhouse Hobbs versus Keith Lee. <sighs> Even the promo beforehand. Powerhouse Hobbs cut a great promo. So good. And so obviously Keith did. Uh, the, the Keith Lee coming down. Do you see the guy in the front row who was singing every word of his entrance music? Oh yeah, just brilliant. And it was just a hoss fight, like both guys shoulder tackle, shoulder tackle. This exchange where a shoulder tackle finally got Keith Lee off his feet. Keith Lee goes into the ropes, comes back, shoulder tackled Hobbs out the ring. So simple to perfection. You are. Uh, we bring up the Ishii match <laughs> that he had in Rev Pro so often. And that's because it was a match that went sort of twenty-ish minutes, and it was built around one of them doing a suplex. Like it was one suplex. That entire match was built around one suplex. And there are times when I watch Keith Lee matches where I still I see a lot of that. It's like you know that spot there was just built around shoulder tackles, really simple stuff. But the crowd were going mental for yeah. it. They went like nuts just them just doing a lockup. <coughs> yeah, there was a, a long period before they even touched of them just soaking up and amping up the crowd. Uh, Lee was sort of worked over for a bit through the commercial break. He was sent into the ring post and the barricade. And the finish was Starks came down with a chair. Lee just chops it out of his hands. He cuts him open. He's like, I think that's how Starks got oh, cut open. No way. I think the chair like, like yeah. swiped him across his face. But then uh, Hobbs hit the last will. And this is the last, last one, one testament. testament. And he got the visual pin, but the referee was dealing with Starks. Taz ran down. He's like, get in the ring, referee. It was really good controlled chaos. 
Swerve has run down by this point. He's brawling with Starks. But Lee gets the win uh, with... Um, Big Bang Catastrophe. Big Bang Catastrophe. Uh, and then the beatdown continues, sort of quite effectively masking over Hobbs's loss, I thought. And Starks really dodgily puts Swerve through a table. Nearly lost control of him. <coughs> and in the ring... Was it, what was it? Hobbs, Hobbs spears Keith Lee through a table in the corner and the table just went yeah, it's shattered into a million pieces. <sighs> a satisfying table break. Yeah, really it? satisfying. I thought it was a really fun ending to the match as well because the commentary were doing a really good job of putting over that Team Taz panicked. Mm. That Hobbs was actually in more control than they thought he was. And he might have had that match won had Ricky Starks not run down. And so Team Taz's sort of like willingness to get involved was that's what cost Hobbs in the mm. end. So there's a good, you know, interesting stuff that can be played off of that. But the fact that Hobbs stood tall with him afterwards means like maybe he's not even aware of that's really what <coughs> happened. I, th- I thought it was a really, really fun finish and it was a great main event to Rampage. Yeah. Obviously love Keith Lee, but the guy I'm coming out of this match more almost is goddamn Will Hobbs. Well, I think that was the point really, wasn't yeah. it? it was design- this match was designed to put him over. And Keith Lee did an incredible job mm. in making him look like a star. Uh, I didn't give this one a rating, but I don't. It's, I feel like it's unfair to rate Rampage yeah. because it's half as long. Yeah, and and it is just usually just matches. Yeah, it's just four matches. There's never really huge angles. There's storyline advancements, but there's never like massive mm. things happening on the show. So yeah, it's, it's hard to rank it. But like every week, it's my it's my favorite show to watch. It's an hour long. I get four really good yeah. matches out of it. It's a fun time. It's over before you can even sort of get remotely bored with it. Yeah. Uh, let's see your remaining ultra chats. Remember, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Get them in. We'll read out everyone over $5. But we haven't got long. Uh, John Rye says, I popped so loud for that tag team match. This is FTR Briscoes. But I woke up my lady partner after she had a long day. Have to take her to brunch now to make up for it. Supercard of Honor was a great show. I feel optimistic for the future of ROH. Feel like a kid again. I mean, you say that <laughs> it's the Briscoes FTR. It could have been the Sasha Banks and Naomi versus. It could have. I don't know why I'd be talking about Supercard of Honor <laughs> being a great show. As an aside, as an aside, uh, ROH is also good. very good. <laughs> I know what you mean, though, John. It was just like there's AW. I love obviously, but ROH was sort of my early teens. Um. 2010s i mean not teenager and just seeing the setup the size of the crowd it it felt nice it felt like ring of honor again Mm. you and i said this while we were watching that since aew started and the bucks and cody left there's something been missing in ring of honor and ring of honor hasn't felt like ring of honor did like the heights of ring of honor in that sort of 2018 2019 period and yeah it's, it's been missing something and then watching the show was the first time I was like, it feels like Ring of Honor's back. This feels like like Ring of Honor again. Well, that's not exactly what you said. It was a production fault. And then you went, oh, that, that feels like Ring of Honor. 
I said, Tony Khan likes to keep things authentic. Like he likes to keep authenticity in there. Production issues are just part of the DNA of Ring of Honor. If I'm not watching an eye pay per view and it, and it cuts out on me halfway through, I'm not watching a Ring of Honor a Ring of Honor show. Fred Verst. Watch last night's ROH Media Scrum in full if you haven't. FTR gets it. Mercedes gets it. Gresham gets it. Joe gets it. TK gets it. What a time to be a fan of professional wrestling. Hashtag Jam at Jam. Hashtag Joe Joe Joe. Uh, Plasma PT. Morning, Luke and Ollie. It's been a while. I watched Supercard of Honor last night. I want to see you. <laughs> I want to see them lighters. I can feel the heat from those lighters. <laughs> it was better <laughs> it was better sweet because joe is back and lethal finally turned heel but all of the roh guys that lost their titles was kind of sad it did sort of feel like a, a new chapter for ring of honor and that new chapter was getting rid of all the old ring of honor stuff yeah uh plasma pd again and then josh woods versus youtube match just ended i was hoping for a climax finish briscoe's versus fdr was match of the night i do wish it went on longer well i think we all did fight forever chance mm -hmm. but that's that's the sign of a good match yeah it went half an hour mm. uh but jay or mark didn't use their finisher combo so in a rematch that could happen tem ruza roh supercard of honor was insane suzuki as the tv champ is wild joe is so good incredible claudio would fit right in now uh smackdown didn't sound too good please go watch impact show it was fun New Japan was fun. So overwhelming the amount of stuff yesterday. Yeah, really was. <coughs> WrestleMania weekend is back, everyone. Do you mind doing that? I can do, absolutely. Pablo Jesus says, apart from the ridiculous chemistry between the Briscoes and FTR, it really felt the Briscoes were fighting for their careers. It was just amazing. The difference between them signing under the AEW umbrella and not could be the big difference. I guess we'll mm. see. Uh, Meng said, this was my first time watching Ring of Honor. They did so uh, such great work establishing what they have to offer. Big fan of the pure championship rules. OMG, Keith Lee lost in the shuffle again, main eventing Rampage. Save us, Salty Ollie. Thank you guys for your hard work. They let a visual pin happen on, on Keith Lee. It's outrageous. He's not won a title yet. J.S. Wooten, Ollie is so broken by the Hangman Page title reign, he now doubts Tony Khan running Ring of Honor. TK already works two other jobs, so adding one more can burn him out. But unlike, say, Vince, um, he seems self-aware enough to know what he can and can't do. D.A.D. and Ollie's hair for life. I, look, I, Tony Khan continues to astound and overcome what I think is possible of one human being. So, hopefully, I, I want, yeah, hopefully, J.S. Wooten. But I worry because I lived through T and A. Omar Jose said, hi, this is a message to Tony Khan. We all know he's watching. Give us an entire episode of Dynamite where it's just promo segments between Joe and Eddie. <laughs> it's my dream feud. It'll be the greatest Dynamite ever. Love you, lad. Jam that jam. Seconded. T uh, Tenreza, TK, you might as well buy Impact and go wild with their past history as well. Really hope they do build to Perazzo versus Martinez coming out of Supercard. What do you hope to see going forward? Dynamite is loaded. I'm a kid in a candy shop right now. I mean, obviously, the big dream is the ROH invasion. And Punk, Danielson, Joe all like reveal their ROH t-shirts. Yeah, like, well, we did talk about how like Punk and Joe being the main event of like um oh. the, the summer show mm. would be that'd be pretty awesome mm -hmm. uh painted by also and the other thing and tony khan did bring this up because someone asked him is being in contact with maria canellis again and getting mm. her to run the women's division and just like because she was doing really good work in establishing that women's division 
Uh, it's a shame to see that uh, the work go to waste. Painted Viper. I hated the fact that the Young Bucks showed up on Supercard of Honor. They should have just kept it to one promotion. Oh, I love that. We when we saw that happen, the so what happened? Oh no, we talked about it already. When the Bucks came in, it was just at the perfect moment for genuine heel heat because it was such a nice exchange between FTR and the Briscoes after their match. They hugged and they let that all play out, and then the Bucks. I genuinely annoyed at them as characters. Mm -hmm. I thought it worked very well. Same here. Michaela Traub, please sign Willow Nightingale. Not only is she near the top of my wish list, but she's both the but she's both the Lenten and adorable. She had a great promo at Supercard as well as a fantastic match. Mercedes looked awesome as well. My fave match of the night. Uh, yeah, I heard that Nightingale was really good. We've only watched the tag match. Yeah, uh, because there's a. We had to watch so many shows today. Amazingly, there were no Ultra Chats sent in about SmackDown. <laughs> um, yeah. That is amazing. Well, it's <laughs> it was not a not an interesting but two not, hours. Not even about like poor Finn. Mm. Usually, you get at least one of those. Uh, this was missed from Friday's show. Um, really want Shane to just laugh. Um, that was in reference to Shane McMahon being the match instead of Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Uh, also, RIP Taylor Hawkins, mm. devastating news. Glad I got to see him at Madison Square Garden last year. First <laughs> show at the Garden since the reopening. And there's a question for Tempest about what his favorite Foo song is. Mine is Learn to Fly or Making a Fire. What's your favorite Foo song? Oh, man. Maybe, is it My Hero? Yeah, I mean, I'm a color and shape guy. Mm, so same. Uh, it's like Monkey Wrench, Everlong is just mm. one of the most beautiful songs ever written. Uh, my hero is beautiful mm -hmm. yeah but you know also uh, their first album uh, for all the cows is one of my favorite ones i just used to watch that video all the time on Kerrang. yeah with the, it was like the mentos big me man what big me yeah uh aaron david i'm so happy sean's gonads uh, got sapped last night <laughs> lads which mania match do you think has the potential to over deliver this mm. weekend i'm in the minority here but after bad bunny last year i can't wait for the it the in-ring debut of Pat McAfee. Well, uh, you also missed this from Raw as well. They're hyping it up that it is his in-ring debut by going, it's Pat McAfee's WrestleMania in-ring debut. Oh, no. How dare you? That Cole McAfee <laughs> match was awesome. I know, but he's not there anymore, is he? Yeah, I think I'm, I'll, I'll say that. I think McAfee will over deliver yeah that'll be the so. that, yeah that'll be the match at the end of the weekend we're all like oh hot damn uh mayor of painsville dan good morning lads yes good morning i watched all of this live and i got to bed at 7 a.m just opened my eyes 15 minutes before this stream maybe i'm too old to watch all of this stuff live i like how tony is aware that ring of honor during mania weekend <laughs> might be too much well he also went head to head with his own program <laughs> Rampage was on at the same time as the pay-per-view. Uh, Duquan G and Plasma PD have become members. Welcome to the team. Uh, Darbacus says, Fan quiz on Mania loser, but first time Ultra Chatter. Three thoughts from last night. Number one, I wouldn't be surprised if Undertaker showed up as Seth's opponents at Mania. Two, Joe versus everyone in AEW mm. confirmed. And three, why exactly couldn't Ricochet be on the Mania cards? I just haven't got enough time. Well, yeah. Uh, Anonymous says, are you guys not reviewing C uh, GCW? You know Sean Ross Sapp is in, uh, in it and probably got his ass kicked. Love y'all. What, what did happen? 
<laughs> okay. What did well, so, happen to Sean? So this was at Joey Janela's spring break. Uh, Sean Rossap was in the Battle Royal going up against Josh Barnett. But oh no, Denise Salcedo low blowed Sean Rossap and then <laughs> el el eliminated him from the Battle Royal. Sean's promo that he did beforehand as well. I saw it on Twitter yesterday where he was like, I'm going to go into the ring and eliminate 30 people less famous than me. <laughs> um, Lost City says, you guide needs the fiver for all the work you're doing this weekend. Hats off to Denise Rick Rude Salcedo before 2022 is over. I want an all promotions, all in invitational. Uh, Ten Ruzza said, L good luck tonight with the reactions, lad. Ollie, have a huge cough before, though. Hee <laughs> hee. Uh, I'm just about just here thinking about Joe and Danielson on screen with Regal and Mox. FTR versus Briscoes was historical. A Sunday morning beer with you reactions here in Melbourne coming up. Nice. Samad Ali. Man, oh. I haven't had your name in a while. Hey, guys. Imagine if WWE did this for Cody's entrance. Instead of having wrestling has more than one royal family. It's changed to sports entertainment has more than one royal family. Mm. You guys are awesome. Luke, you're the nicest dude ever. Thanks, man. Uh, and Akeem Mayfield, lastly, said, what happened to Roosh? Wasn't he the Ring of Honor champion? Uh, he, did he lose it Lost to Bandido? Bandido? Or did he vacate it to Bandido? So because ourselves. he was scarily unwell, but I think he recovered. Yeah, I see you just fill for me for a second. Oh, no. Yep, that's it. Good, good feeling there. You de are you done? Yeah, Bandido won it in July of last year off of Rouge at Best in the World. And then it was sort of vacated. There's something I was going to mention to you, and it's completely... Oh, that was it. So, you know, um, you've, you've had COVID now. Mm -hmm. um, at least once. At least, possibly twice. Uh, Pete's had it, Terry has had Pete it. Pete hasn't had it. Oh, no, Pete hasn't. Sorry, I meant to say Andy has had it, Terry has had it, Adam has had it. You and I were sort of like the cool kids who weren't getting it, and you know, we were like, were you we getting any sort of FOMO mm. around it? And I still haven't had it, even when we had someone who was close to us be like i've tested positive and i'd seen them mm. fairly recently and i was like uh oh i need to check myself and i've also been on the train into london i've been on the tube and everything still testing negative i really think i'm the cure mm. i think i'm probably superhuman i uh, love cats cure yes yeah, absolutely yeah yes. but, uh, but <laughs> well yeah you don't get ill though so maybe is you that what it is? are you testing like has it could it have slipped through because there's no tests now in the uk well, I mean, we still have uh, the lat flow test that we can do Couple at home. Lats. So yeah. I'm, I'm doing my lats and everything, and they're like, still the lats I'll ever do. And, you know, they're all coming back fine. But though, what I was going to ask you about FOMO is tonight, it's me, Adam, Andy, oh. and Pete watching WrestleMania together. Do you have <laughs> any sort of FOMO around not watching it with us? You know I do, because I messaged you about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because I, I, I don't, I genuinely do like doing the night shifts but i do not like the days that follow the, all the days building up i don't deal well just physiologically with staying up all night anymore and um so yeah i thought yeah i'll do all the day stuff but then the closer it's got to this weekend 
because I, I didn't really realize it, especially because we haven't spent the way, a whole eight days together. <laughs> <laughs> just like I have started to get a bit like, oh, but this is the the one time a year when Luke and Ollie spend like four days living together watching wrestling. Yeah, yeah. And I got a bit, yeah, sad about it. So I, I honestly came in early so we could watch a bit <laughs> of Ring of Honor. You said to me the other day as well, I was like, do you want to go watch Morbius? Yeah, after I, was we try, I was trying to get more Luke time, but you're busy filming. I know, I'd made some other plans. Morbius is crap, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it's not very good. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'll miss you as well, because yeah. I'm doing the Raw After Mania uh, stream with Pete. And I was thinking back to that 2019 period when you and I did uh, the Ring of Honor New Japan Super Show, then did NXT... And then did WrestleMania. Oh, yeah, of course, because it wasn't two nights back then, yeah. And then did Raw after Mania, and then did SmackDown after Mania as well, because SmackDown was on Tuesdays. No, really? Yeah, we did like five nights. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, that was the... I guess that was the big, biggest time. Yeah. So, other way around, it was NXT, then Ring of Honor, then <sighs> WrestleMania. Mm. Yeah. Hall of Fame. <laughs> Bret Hart got attacked. Have you seen anything from this year's Hall of Fame? No, I just know that Taker's speech was very good. Sounds like a good ceremony. There's been so much going on, though. Yeah. Have you? I haven't. I've only seen pictures of it, and it's Undertaker, but he's not got a micro. He's not standing at a podium with a microphone. He's got one of those like Britney Spears style headset <laughs> things, and he's walking around. It looks like he's giving a motivational speech. <laughs> <laughs> A Hall of Fame induction. Always be closing. <laughs> there are three life lessons that you need in order to sell. <laughs> I. What do you make of the sort of in the round set? I like the classic Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. It's like a theatre. Yes. But this is like a wrestling show. And they basically just do it after SmackDown. Yeah. It's in the ring. Yeah, it's. I don't think it's as good. I don't think it has quite the same impact for it. Did you see who was in attendance? Andrade. Was, uh, was he? Now? Charlotte's, Charlotte's date. Yeah. yeah. Wow. The widest boy. Isn't he thick? He is massive. What's happened to him? He stepped into the ring with Andrade on Dynamite. I was like, who? who Andrade ate Andrade to like, get into shape here. Marco Stunt didn't get released. Andrade has eaten Marco Stunt. Poor old Marco. Poor Marco. Budget cuts, apparently. Well, you got Christian now. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. Yeah, we were talking about this in the office um, yesterday, like the budget cuts thing. I was like, if I'm Christopher Daniels and I'm making those calls, if there's one, if there's two words I'm not using, it's the term budget. Know, and cut. Right. Don't use that. It's like, it's a loaded term at this point. I, I, it's got to be a being the elite matter joke. <laughs> it's gone too far. You can't say budget cuts and then buy buying a whole new wrestling promotion and here's Samoa Joe <laughs> Samoa Joe's here <laughs> Tony Storm is here we've got Dan Housen but the bottom line <laughs> well, I'm sorry Marco <laughs> budget cuts and all that it's not budget cuts we just don't want you <laughs> we just don't need you anymore God. Uh, anyway we've got to get uh, on to do the show live thank you all so much for listening we're back tomorrow with the Wrestlemania Night 1 review then back the day after that with Wrestlemania Night 2 and we'll be doing the Raw After Mania review as well well this time tomorrow we'll be talking about Cody and WWE potentially potentially well take care everyone I love you goodbye
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.